You want then you share your story, and then we all share God's story. But it takes time. It takes time to develop and build. Uh, the chaplaincy program at the Eldora State Training School for Boys, we have weekly chapel services, weekly chaplain one-on-one -on -one visits uh, in cottages. Essential instruction is taught by a guy by the name of Ron Brewer. And I'll watch my talk, Pastor. <laughs> I'll make sure my little alarm is going to go off. Oh, no problem. No problem. Say, Cut it off. Well, you know what it means when a preacher puts his watch in the pulpit, right? His basic biblical instruction, uh, Ron Gruber did 19 years in federal prison as a Christian, okay? He did seven years in state prison, non-Christian. You ever hear of the Sons of Silence? That was Ron Gruber. And uh, God, he's our part-time chaplain. So he does chapel, he and I do chapel together. Um, then he does an essential instruction. We teach Alpha, as your pastor mentioned, one-to-one -one mentoring in cottages, uh, also Bible studies in cottages, monthly ministry as the guys from your church go out monthly with uh, Stacy Green. Uh, and rec hall. We do rec hall, which is like there's a pool table, there's games, uh, we give them some food. They have to get privileged. They cannot be written out. They cannot have codes. They have to be done. You know, I do have to share this because it's in my heart before I continue. We had a boy that went on a home pass. Okay, this is real. This Cedar Rapids is how far from here. Yeah. He went, and you have to be good to go home on a home pass. Well, he went home, but because he was a gang member, we think it was somebody that tipped off. He was shot to death in front of his mother. 16-year-old boy. 20 times. And as it started unfolding, we were hearing what this and that. Brad and I went out to the funeral service that we did a memorial at the training school and about 40 kids went. And uh, we continue to just pray for that family. Devastating. You know, I was out in Southern California. And, and that's the norm. I hate to say it. But I want, you know, it, 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 it's just I say that because I want you guys to pray. I've got a sign-up sheet in the back. If you can do anything, it's a prayer list that we will email you. Put your name and your email to it, and it will come to your email. Youth for Christ, our greater hour, Youth for Christ, will put you on our email list. So pray. These kids are lost. These kids are bound. These kids are blinded. Kind of like my story. Like I said, I grew up the youngest of eight. My oldest brother was killed to violence in 1963. I have tattoos that are older than half a year. You know, and, and it's sad. My peacocks look like pigeons now because they're starting, they're starting to spread, you know? My, my mom's name is getting all blurred up. But, you know, I'm not a tough guy. I'm a survivor by the grace of God. And I want to share my testimony, but before I do, I want to share this testimony song. And it's called, You Gave Me Love. Go ahead, brother. 
Town. This is the Cupcake Camp. This is Camp Snoopy. When I went to interview for it, I said, where's the bars? Where's the gun towers? That's what I was used to. Like I said, by the time I was 16, my brother introduced me to heroin. By the time I'm 18, I'm riding on the Grey Goose. The Grey Goose is the prison bus. Going to state prison. A guy by the name of Charles Manson was at the prison. He had just left. Another guy, his name, the guy that killed Robert Kennedy was Sir Han Sir Han. He's still there. He's got denied parole. I have a friend that I can tell you. He just got out two years ago. He did 43 years straight. A lifetime. I'm not proud of the things I've done, but I sing that song with all my heart. It's because of the love of Jesus. There is no psychiatrist, there's no psychologist, there's no one that can touch you like Jesus Christ. Once you surrender your life to him, he pick you up and turn you around and set your feet on the solid ground, the rock that doesn't fall. That old song, on Jesus Christ, the rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I was privileged to see uh, Stacy Tuesday last week, and we had celebrated 150 years at the, at the, uh, of the institution there at the state training school for boys. Uh, and it was a blessing, but I love one thing that the superintendent brought up a group to the chapel. And you remember he said, there's a lot of castle, but not here. I mean, there's fights all the time. There's, they're kids. You're sitting in a little area not as big as this. Maybe a third of this is, is where they have their living space, and then upstairs is their room. So, so you think about it. There's kids that are there from six months to go, there's one going into two years. I've got a boy who professes to be a Satanist, but he comes to chapel. He's, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And yet he comes to everything we have. He's, been, he's 16 years old and has been in 16 placements. Hates his dad because he doesn't know who he is. Mom is who knows where. These kids have not had the opportunities a lot of and as I see a lot of them, I see myself, and I see where I wound up, and I tell them, but for the grace of God, I'm alive. I can remember being 14 years old, being chased by police, jumping fences, and hearing zip, zip, bullets. It's the real deal. Like I said, I grew up in SoCal. I mean, my brother died in 63. My, I don't know if any of you guys know what a pachuco was, but that's in like the 50s. Way back in the day, that was my uncle. So it becomes generational junk. And you don't even understand or you're just in it. And that's where a lot of these kids are at now. So I pray that you continue to pray for them. But let me share a little bit, and I've already been sharing. So after I got out, one thing I tell the boys, I, I didn't like Christians. No. When I was on the prison yard of Soledad State Prison in 77, gives me my age a little bit, 
when you're in prison they, in California, they, they create a C file. That's your central file. And all the things you did in there, they go in there. I, I learned how to make homemade wine. Man. The old homeboy, one of the old homeboys taught me how I got to make it like Pete's brandy. In, and I got busted too. We lost about 30 days good time for it. I'm not a tough guy. I'm a survivor by the grace of God. But Ray shared true, genuine love and action. And we know Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace we're saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, and it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But it was his works that did it. Ephesians 10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, each one of you can reach someone that I can't. Each one of you can reach a neighbor, can reach a kid somewhere out here. Not just I'm grateful for you coming out, but there's no reason by summer you can't fill this church. If you reach out, it's called the ministry of inconvenience. See, when they used to call on me in the middle of the night, the homeboys come by, and maybe there was something that kicked off and somebody got shot. Two, three in the morning. Ready. Let's go, homeboy. Let's go. So when I got saved, I figured, I started reading the Bible, and I'm not Christian still, but I like this guy Jesus, because he was a friend of sinners. I knew, you don't have to tell somebody you're a sinner. Of course he shared the Romans road with me. But people that are doing dirt, know they're doing dirt. They know it. And so, I took that same attitude. I would be on the streets in L.A., me and another guy and just talking to people in, the, in the downtown and running around all over Pomona, that's east part of East L.A. I was living out that way, and just loving, I'm loving on people and sharing Christ with them. And we called it street witnessing. And I would pray. I figure if I could be on a run doing dope and not sleep, I'd come home from work and I'd lock myself in my room. And I'd just start crying. And praying and saying, God, you changed me. When you totally surrender your life to Jesus Christ, He makes all the difference. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. We know. John 3, 16, 17, the God's of the world is the only God's love, and whosoever, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever, the believing hands are not there to have everlasting life. The God did not send his son into the world to the world, but that the world So, Ray Washington would share a scripture passage. And I mean, know God's word never returns void. It will accomplish what it's set forth to do. Sometimes, Stacey, you might get a little frustrated, a little discouraged, but as long as you give that word of God, it's going to bring a return. 
Maybe not now, but one day it's going to bring a return. So Ray would hit me with every scripture you could think of. What does Hebrews 4.12 say? The word of God is living powerful, sharpened and to it, sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit and the joints of the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. I was preaching over at Elbora Methodism. Had me going over there in the Comrade Church. Uh, my main church is Appleton Baptist, but God has opened the door for me to get all over the place and minister. And that's part of the dream I had, Pastor. Years ago, that I saw myself on different pulpits ministering the Word of God. But that was almost 35 years ago. It took time for me to grow up and become a responsible husband, man, and father, and now grandfather. I have three children, one living in Sioux City that works in a hospital, two grandchildren, they're involved in their church. I have another daughter that just moved to Omaha area, Bellevue, uh, 18-year-old grandson. He called me the other day, yeah, I had a dream. I said, God's calling me in the ministry because I've been praying for you for 40 years. There's power in prayer. Mother, for this, how, how long did you start praying for this man? That's the key. I heard that when you little I know you guys know your pastor's testimony. And, and it, it blessed me that God gave him favor. Because he could have been like me going to prison. And that's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. So, I had a dream. Jumped in and we were friends. And when I woke up, I said, Oh, heck no. 
this is before I came to Christ. And so I had another dream after that one. But I realized when I did come to Christ, God told me I needed to forgive John, just like he forgave me. You know there's freedom in forgiveness? The scriptures say if you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. So I was preaching at my pastor friend's church where I grew up. About 300 people in another party, and his wife comes up during the worship and sits next to me and says, I looked for Joe for 17 years, brother. I looked, I didn't, I didn't want to hurt him because I became a Christian. But he didn't believe it. He knew me, the old me. Finally, in an auditorium of 317 years later, he tells me, well, the, the uh, pastor friend of mine sits next to me and says, Joe's here, where is he? During worship, he's way in the back in the corner. And I ran back there. And I know that even scary more. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's going to hit me right here in church. No. He had his head down. And he said, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know, because when you rattle somebody, that condemnation, that conviction is just beat you to death. And so I pulled him out of the chair and I hugged him. And there was such a freedom in forgiveness. And I thank God I felt so good. I told him, no. No. What you meant for my harm, God turned it around. God turned it around. So I had another dream about May of 1982. And I didn't understand it again, but it was tough. I'm shooting heroin with a friend of mine in my sister's house. In reality, I used to break in there not to steal anything, but to shoot heroin because it was too hot around town and I didn't want to get busted. I'd either go into the backyard, I'd go into a bathroom. So in this dream, I'm shooting up and I overdose and die. And guess where I'm standing in this dream? In front of the big white throne. God on the throne in this dream. Anybody pick up a puppy by the stroke of the neck before? <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw God on the throne point at me and do this. And I felt like an angel, whoever it was, picked me up by the back of my neck and tossed me in the bottle's pit. And as I'm falling, I see my wife and my oldest daughter, who was one year old at the time, she's just looking down at me. And I'm yelling, and I'm falling, and I'm falling, and I'm falling. And then I woke up. Ah, it's just a It's just a Ain't no thing. So I remember the last night that I got high. June 13, 1982, my brother-in-law came over. He brought a case of beer, and it was just me and him. Half ounce of blonde hash. See, I did anything and everything. I could smoke weed, shoot heroin, drop acid, drink, all at the same time. I was all over the map. Again, lost, bound, and blinded. But because of the unconditional love of one man that God used, Ray Washington Jr., sharing and tolerating with me, God used him, and love will always find the love. Love 
always finds the way. So the next morning, or the next, I didn't go out that night because I already had enough. I didn't take off for the weekend and wouldn't come back. But I knew I had to work the next day as a Sunday night. My dad, I remember, he was alive back then, and he specifically called me and says, hey, I need you to come and help me hang some drywall. Oh, dad, I'm hungover. Come on now. And he goes, oh, make this a menudo. That's the Mexican fix-all for him over Menudo and beer. So I go down there, and I'm, I get tired. I help him hang this drywall, and it turned out to be silly. So it was tough. So I helped him in the drywall. I went home and I was just too tired. My wife strategically opened the Bible. My brother, I've been older brother's a Christian, been a Christian for many years. Gave me a Bible. Okay, I'm almost done. I'm closing up. Gave me a Bible. Never read it in prison. Wife opened the Bible up. One thing, when I went into prison, I had about seventh grade level reading. When I left, I had college level reading. What else are you going to do? <laughs> I read Louis L'Amour. Get rid of the kid. All the Louis L'Amours I could find. I, I read newspaper from cover to cover. I just, I did my, wrote my letters with a dictionary. And just, that's kind of self-taught. And then passed the GED and got it when I was incarcerated. So, I grabbed the Bible. I didn't hear no big voices. Grab no, no. I was compelled by the Holy Spirit. Because my wife was praying. She'd been talking with Ray and wife Zelda. And they kept asking me, come to church, come to church. No, you go to church. I'll drop you off over there and they can bring you home. Didn't want nothing to do with God. But I was compelled to open it up when she had the Gospel of John. And I read the whole Gospel of John that night. And everything that Ray Washington had mentioned to me was in that book. Pow! 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 God's word, again, never returns void. When I tell people, you can go share with somebody out there, a neighbor, leave them with a scripture, just one. God will give it to you. So I put the book down. It took about three hours. It took about three hours or so to read the whole gospel of John. And I started reevaluating my life. My wife had to be pregnant with our second child, uh, Jessica, who runs a Christian veterans homeless shelter in Dallas right now. And so that's what we were talking about. We might wind up retiring to Dallas. A little warmer. So, I had to put the Bible down, and I started reevaluating my life. Well, I thought, I'm going to wind up going back to prison. I'm going to hurt somebody. Somebody's going to hurt me. I'm going to get strung out like a dog again. You know, strung out on your own. Life will be ruined. Those kids were going to go. So I had one girl and one in the other. And so... I looked up and I said, if you're real and they are who they say you are, you change because I can't. The Bible says, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his trouble. Taste and see. 
that the Lord is good. In June 14, 1982, I meant business. I said, if you're real, you changed me. And you can believe this or not. But I felt something come out of me, and I saw it. And I know that was that murdering spirit, and I'm not proud of it. But I know what I saw. Literally got the hell scared out of me. <laughs> Literally. And I said, Jesus, and that's what I know today. That it's Jesus Christ that can take a life where you submitted and surrendered. I had no withdrawals from heroin. He whom the Son has set free is free. I can shout. I have 25 boys. Little rambunctious, so I started singing to the top of my lungs a, a black gospel song, I Give Myself Away. And I set the atmosphere for Easter. And then they mellowed out and listened to the gospel. And I prayed with all of them there. I don't know who many did it, but God knows. God knows. So I'm so grateful to be here today. And I'm going to wind up with this. We all know 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I got born again. I got born again. And my life totally turned around. I just want to thank you for the privilege of being here today. And I want to give you three opportunities. And I know you already, some of you are already volunteering. And I salute you and I thank you. But more than anything, I have a list for prayer. Right? You're, you're, you're going to get an email. You'll get some Youth for Christ junk, but still, that's okay. You know, you'll get an email. Because they'll ask you about giving. That's the other thing. You know that. We're, we're a nonprofit as well as your church. We're a nonprofit ministry. So prayer, key to me. Pray for me. Pray for Brad, Ryan, and Ron. You know, we really can use covetous prayers, and especially those boys. Especially those boys. They're so lost. I see myself in the mirror when I talk to some of them. Oh, can I close real quick in prayer, and then you guys can come up and pray? Okay. Father, I thank you right now for being here today. I thank you for every man, woman, and child here. I pray, Father, that you would bless Pastor and his wife that you would bless and flourish this ministry as they continue to reach out, uh, that you would double their ministry by next year, Lord. That, God, they would be open to the leading of your spirit as they give themselves to you, God. You're faithful, God, to do it. Make the way. You're the way maker. Give the, the, your family, your, your, our brothers and sisters here, the courage to move forward and do what you call us to do. Even if it might be a person at work that's just a scoundrel. Lord, I was that scoundrel. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the privilege again. Bless, I pray. Strengthen, encourage, and build up by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Stacy, you want to come up?
Love. Well. 